Fly Perspective Podcast, man, going down like this today. <clears throat> Good morning, man. I sound a little raspy. Get a more a little sip of this coffee here. 7 a.m. Well, 7.30. 7.27 to be exact. A.m. in the morning. And uh saw last night, man, that Michael K. Williams passed. Uh, the actor, uh, widely known for The Wire. He played Omar in The Wire, to be exact. And how ironic that he just did a uh, DMX tribute for the uh, 2021 BET Awards. And, uh, yeah, he's passed, and it's looking like from a parent overdose. You know, another legend gone to an overdose. You know, that addiction is real. You feel me? Uh, same with DMX, you know? Addiction is real. You know, I ain't going to judge. We ain't here to judge. It's just sad that these legends are dying from overdosing, you know? And that fentanyl is crazy, man. He's saying his overdose was due to heroin and fentanyl, and... From my understanding, fentanyl is an agent that they mix with drugs to make the potency higher. The thing is, people are getting fentanyl, don't even know they be getting fentanyl. Because drug dealers are mixing that shit in before they buy it. And people are really dying, man. You think you got a Percocet, you know, and it's got a little bit of fentanyl on it. You know, there's a picture Lil Duval just put up, and it was showing the lethal dose of uh, fentanyl sitting next to a penny. And when I say it's so small, it's not even... I can't even compare the little bit of fentanyl that was next to the penny because the penny looked huge in regards to the amount of fentanyl. You know what I'm saying? Like, So people don't even know half the time. But yeah, uh, Michael K. Williams found dead in his penthouse at 54 years old. Rest in peace to that legend. Also, my city of St. Louis, you know I'm always repping. We also lost one of our... Um, I would say future promising artist uh, this week. Uh, not sure the circumstances around his death, but uh, rest in peace to Vegas Sills, man. Young promising artist from St. Louis. Uh, last I heard, he had signed a deal with Stevie J and, uh, a few years back, and he had some legal stuff going on, man. And it's how ironic that he was just posting a video of him getting uh, the uh, ankle monitor cut off from being on house arrest. And then a week or so later, you know. He, uh, he dies, man. So we're going to open up with his joint. It's called Save Me. Rest in peace, Vegas Hills. Mitch. Fly Perspective Podcast. I feel like one of them ball playing niggas. Yeah. I fell in love with that chopper, got to run around. Even if a nigga run, we gon' gun him down. If you wanna hit his head, aim for the ground. Put them bullies in his leg, shot that nigga down. Save me, save me, the social media shit crazy Them niggas making stats like they hate me I got money, nigga, none of that shit fails me Save me, save me, the social media shit crazy These niggas making stats like they hate me I got money, nigga, none of that shit fails me Bank account got like 50,000 I ain't sold no records yet, so I'm pretty proud Y'all niggas curse, cause y'all fiction like Penny Proud I got a bitch from Ibiza and she Penny Brown Fuck me, yeah, fuck me It's a sickness to world, do you trust me? I never let a basic bitch fuck She ever suck my dick, that bitch love Fuck me, yeah, fuck me It's a sickness to world, do you trust me? Yesterday was Labor Day. Um, I was off work. I got to just chill out, man, and just be lazy as hell. It's been so long since I got to do that. You know, uh, of course, I got up, cleaned the crib. Uh, 
what else did I do? Oh, I put start putting some meat on the grill. The it, in these like later thirties. It's like now that I'm used to like being up, not later thirties. Like <laughs> I'm saying that shit like I'm thirty seven. But no, in these thirties, it's like now that I'm used to being up, it's like I'm just up. Like even on my off days, I'm like up at like seven in the morning, like an old man. I'm brewing a pot of coffee, um, just start doing stuff around the house. So yesterday. Uh, I got up and I was putting meat on the grill by like 9 a.m. You know, had some uh, what I have on there. I had some some wings, some burgers, uh, did some salmon, uh, dogs, brats, uh, stuff of that nature. I'm pretty simple when it comes to grilling and it's just me. So I made enough for myself and just kind of like to meal prep for a few days of work. Uh, what else? Every year um, I have a, a Aunt Nancy. And, uh, which is my grandmother's, uh, brother that passed away, rest in peace, years ago. This is his wife. So, uh, every year she has a, um, like a barbecue or stuff around the holidays, stuff like that. And I take grandma over there and we'll get plates and all this type of stuff, right? So, she's been telling me for like two weeks now, like, oh yeah, on Labor Day, we're gonna go by now. I'm like, okay, cool, you know, because we do that every year, whatever, around the time, or whatever. So, this year... I get in the, we get in the car, we get all the way over there, which is probably like a 25-minute drive. I go knock on the door. Now, mind you, the first red flag was there was no cars in the driveway as usual. And I'm like, huh, I see her car, so I knock on the door. She comes to the door. Long story short, man, Grandma had the wrong date. The, uh, the barbecue was uh, the day before yesterday, so that's Sunday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, bless grandma's heart you know her intentions are good you know i wouldn't upset at all because it's just like certain situations like that with my grandma bro her being like 87 you just gotta appreciate them (laughs) but yeah every day is an exciting day with grandma and i'm gonna say if you haven't already started watching money heist on netflix like if you've been listening to this podcast i've talked about money heist plenty of times season five just dropped and man, Money Heist hands down is one of the best um, suspenseful, action-filled, uh, very brilliant plot twist. And every time at the end of like the season, they just leave you hanging. And you wondering like, damn, what the hell is going to happen next? Because it's always something crazy going on in the episodes. Um, what else have I been watching? Uh, of course, a bunch of documentaries. Oh, I was watching uh, 9-11. Uh, I was watching the, um, I watched two documentaries on that, actually. One was on Hulu and one was on Netflix. Um, docu-series, actually. And, um, y'all know I'm a big documentary head. I'm also, like, a big, uh, what do I say, like, political disaster or kind of war origination type situation. Like, I just want to know, like, how certain stuff starts, like, with conflict. But they had a very dope. A documentary on how 9-11 started, where it started from as far as like the beginning, like what caused 9-11. Uh, goes in depth, of course, of the people who did it, etc. Because uh, what was I? I was like 12 or 13 when 9-11 happened. And, you know, I was young. I didn't really care what was going on. I didn't know too much. I didn't care to know. All I knew was that it was a terrorist attack. Uh, but then I found out what a terrorist was. Uh, you know, and I seen stuff on the news about how the army was going to fight a war because of the bombing of that. But, you know, the origination of it was basically that the U.S. and that the Afghans, from what I was understanding, were cool. 
And basically, the weapons that they used to, like, wage war on us, like, we gave them those weapons because we funded them for, like, a bunch of stuff, like, trying to help their their government. Yeah, it's, like, very deep. They go into detail of how bin Laden got into the mix and the people who were responsible for planning 9-11 and had something to do with 9-11 in any regard, where they went and how they were captured. And, like I say, I love stuff that just goes in deep detail about stuff like that. Um... Uh, also, the the repairing of you know the aftermath of nine eleven, man. Like I didn't know that. In addition to the two towers uh, being destroyed, there was also a building uh, to the next of it that was destroyed, like a huge building. Uh, it was also a hotel that was connected to the twin towers in some sort of way that was destroyed. Uh, I didn't know that the death toll was like all, almost three thousand people. Etc. I didn't know a lot of that stuff because on TV, you know, of course, being younger, you just see like, you know, something happening and oh man, that's, that's devastating. And uh, just to get the history on it and just see what really happened. It's crazy as hell, man. It, it really is. Also, it was crazy to see the footage of those planes going into the building. It was also crazy to hear voicemails that that uh, family members left on uh, their their family's voicemail uh either being on a plane it's like hey you know i don't know what's going on in the plane but this and this is going on i love you that you know leaving straight final you know like goodbye over the phone type joint you know or or somebody that's in the twin towers calling saying they trapped or whatever the case may be and they can't get out and they this and that like this one lady she actually was able to uh no she didn't talk to him i don't think uh one of the guys so it was another plane that was hijacked that they don't really know where the plane was intended to go, but they thought like the nation's capital or um, the White House, if I'm not mistaken, because um, it already had hit the Pentagon. It had already hit the World Trade Center. So it was another plane in the air that got hijacked. And uh, you actually hear footage of there were four men on the plane. You actually hear footage of them. Uh, the, like the final moments, like when they, I, I guess when they all huddled up, like, hey, this ain't finna go down, da da da. You just hear the dude say, "Y'all ready? Okay, let's roll." And then that, they ambushed the cockpit or whatever, and the plane ended up crashing like in a field somewhere because those individuals tried to take over, and uh, which they did, they succeeded. It's, it's like, like I say, it's very, it's very bone chilling because of the reality of everything. It's bone chilling to hear the testimonies of people that were like trapped under the rubble and seeing their their close friend or their relative or uh you know a coworker dying next to them you know and the first responders that you know risk their lives to, it's like I say it's just very deep man you see people jumping out the windows of the world trade center because you know they got hit probably where the 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 plane was at it's probably so hot the flames it's like it's too it's either stand right here and get burnt the hell up or jump out this window on the 84th floor you know like, like I say it's very deep if you into that type of stuff definitely check it out fast forward to now 20 years later they're finally pulling all the troops out you know all the troops are coming home and they're leaving no trace of the U.S. being there. And the killer for me was when I was looking at the documentaries and it was like that point. They were breaking down all the different facts. And I just was like, man, it's to the point where it was no point of them being over there. Like they were wasting their time being over there trying to, um, I guess, rejuvenate this place. Yeah, it's rich in resources, but they can't do it. You know, the U.S. is not able to get them back on track. Upon leaving, they had a little military uh presence or whatever and they on there talking crazy like yeah you know we can out backing down we're gonna be able to defend our country this and the third and then went to the next screen and it was like five days later 
uh, the Taliban that took over uh, whatever city it was, you know, or, you know, just crazy. They overrun the army already. And it's sad for the Afghan people because, you know, it's going to be a lot of, you know, that's that's like a religion based, you know, place, you know, and, and they focus a lot on women. And I feel sorry for the women over there because, you know, now they're going to really be on those really strict women laws and just sucks for the people in general. You know, uh, they president. He already flew out. He gone. As soon as the U.S. start pulling out, he dipped. You know, and uh, that's how serious it is. Fast forward to the U.S. troops coming home. On this particular day, they blow up an airport in Kabul, killed a number of U.S. soldiers. And another place that's like crazy with like the dictatorship of like its people, man, is like North Korea. I went down a rabbit hole one day because I was listening to the Rogan podcast. And this day he had a lady on there by the name of, of course, I ain't going to be able to say this lady's name, but uh, Yanami, Yanami Park. Yanami Park, Y-E-O-N-M-I Park. You can look her up. Her story is very interesting. But just going into detail about Kim Jong-un's family and, like, it's one of them things where they are, like, the ruler of the whole country. And, like, it's passed down from family member to family member. But they can't have Wi-Fi over there. They can't, uh, they can't do normal things. Like, they don't have a normal life. Something bizarre, like, she was saying that everybody in their house has to have a shrine of Kim Jong-un's family in their house. And if your house burned down and you didn't get the shrine, like the picture of the fam, the royal, I guess the royal family out of your house, like you would be penalized. Like wild shit, like they're underfed, they can't eat a lot of food, like, ah, you know, very, very sketchy shit, man. <laughs> very sketchy shit. Like, she went into detail about how you would get in trouble if the dictator came out. So, for example, Kim Jong-un comes out and you're not cheering and falling over in joy and crying and, you know, happy to see him. I found a clip from Dennis Rodman because he actually befriended Kim Jong-un years ago and would take trips back and forth. And people thought he was crazy for doing that because of how Kim Jong-un treats his people. But he was saying, like, he went over there, and these people are falling out crying to see this dude and blah, blah, blah. And from old girl's interview, she was saying that they have to do that stuff or they would get in trouble. So you have to, like, fake glorify this man or you're going to get punished. Just all kinds of bizarre stuff. And you can't leave. Like, the people can't fly and travel anywhere. But this girl's story is very bizarre and her how she escaped with her family. Just another reality check of like how we complain about our first world problems and you got third world and other countries of people that are just going through crazy dictatorship. Another documentary I saw that was interesting was like it was like behind the scenes of like people being social media creators and it's actually on Hulu under the uh, New York Times tabs. Uh, they have a series, uh, it's called New York Times Presents, and it's episode number seven called Who Gets to Be an Influencer, and it's about a young black creator like Kemp, you know, like young influencers that move into like a crib in Atlanta, and, you know, they're trying to figure things out, they're trying to figure out how to get more viewers on TikTok and followers on Instagram and get bigger and bigger and creating content together and how they're going to do this and that and blah, blah. It was very dope to see that. Also, it was, it was dope to see the ups and downs of it, too, because I don't think 
a lot of people realize how much work it takes to actually be a creator or an influencer online. Like, yeah, you have those people that go viral, you know, fast, out of nowhere for nothing. But also it takes work to kind of keep staying at that pace and keeps, you know, at the top of that stuff. Because everybody's trying to do the same thing for the most part, you know. Uh, but it's very dope to see that. Check that out. Uh, I tried to get an interview with one of the girls, the son there. But, of course, you know, three people listen to this podcast, so I never got any reply back. <laughs> but overall, it was cool to see how... They were getting paid from these things, getting paid in the sponsorships and the work. You know, it really does take to, to do that. And these are young individuals that don't have uh, jobs, per se. You know, they're not working and trying to do this. Like, they all moved into this crib. They got a manager. One part, they were talking about how they didn't have furniture in the house. And they were looking at other uh, collab crib type mansions with other crews and how this crew was living in this fat crib. And they had all this furniture and everything was luxurious. Touching on the racial aspect of like social media influencers and you know all that, it was pretty. It was pretty good to see. Like I remember one part, this girl, forget her name, but she was saying that every time she wears her hair this way on TikTok, you know, she wouldn't really get looked at. But if she wore her hair another way, she would get a lot of views. And that's how like the algorithm. And she was saying it purely plays off the hair. Like I don't, I don't know. They figure out a lot of different signs because sometimes I wonder what algorithms like going viral, you know. Speaking of that, there was a girl I knew from uh, from my city, but we never met. But I met her. We started chatting online and got cool online on like Instagram or something a few years back. But she went viral about two or so, two three weeks ago, something like that. And uh, I hit her in her DM early in the morning because I I'd be on World Star looking at all that crazy stuff. And I got on World Star and I seen one of her videos posted on World Star, so I screenshot and DM'd her. And I'm like, Yo, man, you made it on World Star. And she was like, oh, snap, like, she didn't even know. Like, I was the first person to tell her, you know. So she went viral on there, and then Master P had reached out to her and, you know, all that. So that was pretty dope to see. Shout out to Ingrid. But then she unfollowed me after she, like, started getting a lot of followers and went viral. So, but that's the that's the way it goes, man. You know, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Shout out to her, though. I was excited to see that Aaliyah's music finally hit streaming platforms after years of her estate and the label going back and forth or whatever, I believe it's her uncle who controls her estate and her music was never on streaming platforms. So you think in all those years the streaming first started up until now that Aaliyah's music was never on any streaming platform. So it's dope to see that on there now. And damn, this was the 20th year of her um, death anniversary too, man. That's crazy. Yeah, that was on uh, August 25th. But uh, rest in peace to her. You know, uh, every year around this time, her anniversary, they have, like, interviews. And, you know, they do tributes and stuff like that. And I saw an interview from Damon Dash that surfaced. And he was saying that the plane she was on, she wasn't even supposed to be on. Like, uh, somebody gave her a plane. But the director of the music video, he he hopped on a private jet. And she ended up having to get on, like, some little makeshift plane. And how she had phobia flying anyway like she didn't fly you know just man crazy man and of course dame dash was blowing up and he was angry and um talking about that uh conversation with him and hype williams i believe was the director but like i say it's just crazy to hear the backstories on certain situations like this so uh rest in peace baby girl to Aaliyah. and while we're on the subject of music i can't you know let it go by without what i want to say of course drake and kanye they drop some albums. You know, we in a time now where it's like you really never know who's dropping when they dropping. It's not really much anticipation. 
Except names like Kanye, Drake, you know, Kendrick is supposed to be dropping his last TDE album soon, by the way. Um, you know, those polarizing figures like that, you know, Jay-Z, of course, you know. Uh, but yeah, so Drake and Kanye, they do their thing, and leading up to it, Kanye West has all these different listening parties. I see he generated millions of dollars. Uh, XYZ playing verses that were supposed to be on the project, then some of them weren't on the project. Aftermath, you got people that were mad at their verses and their contributions wasn't on the album because they were under the impression that it would be. So you see figures like Chris Brown and Soldier Boy going off on Kanye West. Uh, what else? DJ Envy was going crazy on him on the Breakfast Club. Not for a verse situation, but just so much about how Kanye does so much weird stuff and he's enabled because he is, you know, bipolar, whatever his mental health uh, situations around him, that he has so many people that enable him to do certain things, whatever. That's a different conversation for another time. So the album comes out, um, like, just randomly. It was supposed to be all these different dates, then it dropped. And my first impression of it was, you know, it was cool. Uh, it kind of sounded how I thought it was going to sound, honestly. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you can't really... I don't like to judge stuff off the first, you know, uh, how can I say it? impression? Because with me, I say this all the time, like, you never know what type of mood I'm in to listen to music. Like, I might not be in the mood to digest the vibe that's really, you know, meant for this album. So I haven't digested it fully, but I will say it does sound like I thought it was going to sound. And um, so, like I said, I haven't been able to fully digest, but it sounded cool. It sounded okay. Honestly, I haven't heard any song so far that I would want to, like, get back in the car. Like, man, I got to turn this on right now. As I say, not as of yet, you know, as of yet. Uh, but I will say that Drake dropped, man. And uh, <laughs> it's some joints on that mug, bro. I will say that. I definitely will say. And I will also say that he stayed in his lane as far as, like, his vibe is his vibe, man. Like, as far as from the beats, the production, the the songwriting, the way he rides, the beat, the cadence, and all that, that's his style. He has that style. You know? So, you know, big up to Drake. I mean, I, I can't say if it's a classic or not yet. I will say it's a very dope album. You know, off of first listen. It's, it's nice. Drake can't miss, though. You know, we got to understand that. Drake can't... People like Drake can't miss, man. You know, he's been doing it for 10 years now. He never misses. One one dope vibe that I do like off Rip was the Drake and Future uh, joint. It's called uh, In Too Deep. Like, that joint... That joint hard. Yeah. And they sample... They sample a... a what is it? UGK song. Well, whoever made the beat, Samuel's UGK song is called Get Throat. I'll play that a little clip of that next. But yeah, that's. Man, come on, yeah. man. Come on. You don't know me. I just touched the city with the cheap block uh-huh. stainers. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Can't miss. Can't miss. I don't want to get taken down on so. And they uh, sampled the uh, UGK Pimp C. Uh, hold on, where is that? Yeah, yeah. Get throw, Pimp C. Pimp 
Rest in peace, Pimp C. Now, in the middle of the suspense of this, we see that Drake and uh, Kanye kind of going back and forth or whatever. You know, it builds up the suspense for the album, which that's dope. You know, that's good promo, whatever. What do you want to have you? But then we get to we get to a leaked Kanye and uh, Andre 3000 song, man. I'm gonna just play a little bit of this joint, man. Hold on, where's 3,000? I've been waiting for some 3,000 to drop. Go Already, I gotta go back. Hold on. He said, Hey, Miss Donda, if you're running to my mama, okay, because his mama passed too. Oh, man. This is crazy. Perspective podcast. Okay, yeah. That's uh that's fire right there. You know, that's a verse from Andre 3000. We have not heard anything from Andre 3000 for years. You feel me? And uh, from my understanding, it didn't get put on the Donda album because, you know, they had some cursing in the song, you know, what have you. And, uh, of course, it was an album dedicated to his mom, so I understand why he wouldn't want that on the actual project. But go look that up. It's called Life of the Party. It's on YouTube and all that. That joint is that joint is crazy. That could have been a single. And, and the most... The nostalgic thing about it is, it's like they just let, well, Kanye just let Andre 3000 just do his thing. It wasn't like, oh, give me 12 bars, give me 16. It was like he was just flowing. He was just going. And then when Kanye got on there, he did the same thing. They were just flowing. I love tracks like that. I love like, I love tracks that are kind of like unstructured. We, we so used to having these structured tracks, you know, a 12 bar verse, a eight bar hook you know, repeat it two, you know, two times or whatever. The song might be two minutes, 30 seconds, two minutes, 50 seconds, you know, but I like, I like stuff that have different, I love when the beats switch up on stuff. By the way, Kanye is on that Life of the Party record repping GD, the gang GD. Don't ask me why, but he's on there repping GD. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure who wrote that for him or whatever. And we gonna ride out like this, man. Shout out to my boy Dean. This joint called Peekaboo. Fly Respective Podcast. That a red light nigga, I'm feeding through AR-15, AK-47, nigga, peekaboo Excuse a nigga from the table, try and eat my food Ain't no limit to this shit, nigga, that we could do Never flagging that a red light nigga, I'm feeding through AR-15, AK-47, nigga, peekaboo Excuse a nigga from the table, try and eat my food Ain't no limit to this shit, nigga, that we could do when Them thugs catch, you better slug catch I'm getting high as my blood pressure Plenty fiends inside the ring, trying to beat the rock 
but I'm not the rest. Keep a toy saw Smith and Wesson, cause the high point will leave a submiss. Dirty hoes trying to break the code, but I'm DMS, cause I love bitches. Love bitches that back door, gotta fucking go because I don't trust her. Whip a nigga up some Raymond noodles and a fried bologna sandwich with the mustard. Ryan clean, can't hide from Dean, I sneak up on you, sour apple puck. Real lick me in the dice game, but he always did, lucky motherfucker. Fuck the braids, I got my hair down, bandana tied in a white beard. Coolie on me at all times, cause I'm the type of nigga that don't like people. Fuck a hater, been about my paper, you ain't got no flavor like the white people. Bipolar when I ride older, got a mean money and a nice regal. Pull up on my nigga streets and leave Versace down to his feet. Showed him his puppy named him Apollo and that little nigga feast around me. Life I live just like a movie, my lap I tell you, bitch, take a seat. Braves got dust on them and they screech. Put my dust on them and I teach how to bend the corner, blowing marijuana, but my real persona too deep. Leaving confusion often, but I still be bossing. I ain't with the talking, that's cheap. Hot on me, call my nigga from the streets, just turn to TLC, I creep. Just keep it on the down low, haters, I stay from round no. AK-47, nigga, peekaboo You the nigga from the table trying to eat my food Ain't no limit to this shit, nigga, that we could do Never flat the matter, red light, nigga, I'm feeding through AR-15, AK-47, nigga, peekaboo You the nigga from the table trying to eat my food Ain't no limit to this shit, nigga, that we could do Get your ass in this car, it's time to pay your fee up Why well, don't know why you come down here Messing with these people, Wayne and Santana Stashed in the Phantom that blow all in them speakers It's just her and me and Tommy Habib Put her on the spot like cheetah Medication, put her exclamation by my mind Save my education, bring me elevation With my grind rate, better meet me at the Met Gala Than the sex after, didn't even send a text after Cut off like bad traffic, she ain't touch her toes She a leg grabber, 38 revolver, problem solver Bitch, I'm John Wayne Punched him like a clock Let off some shots Fucked up his time frame I told my fine thing That I ain't into all the mind games No stopping now Quick to drop a dime Can't even find change But understand these Susan be asking me what he getting Fuck it up I got Daffy Duck saying Damn that nigga fit It's forbidden Everything be freestyled or written Steady smiling grinning Getting money we winning Yup 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 Like nigga I'm speeding through AR-15 AK-47 Nigga peekaboo Excuse a nigga from the table trying to eat my food. Ain't no limit to this shit, nigga, that we could do. Never slacking at a red light, nigga, I'm speeding through. Hey,